Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Excited to have you guys joining us for episode four of our Host Sunday podcast. Uh, I am your host alongside uh, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. My name is Pastor Johnny Sierra. How's it going, man? Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. I'm excited. Uh, a lot going on. I am excited about the pace, excited about the structure that we, we're, we're really dialing things in with this podcast i feel like it's 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 really going well yeah it's a great great opportunity for us because there's you know no matter what we do with a church service there's always there's just a time there's a mm-hmm. time stamp on it and so this is just that ability to go hey there's so much more that we want to be able to tell yeah. and for those people that really want to walk that path want to take that extra step you you know your 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 discipleship drive you know is just it's it's picking up or it's at a different level. This is that place for us just to kind of unpack those things that, yes. you know, that, that we were excited about doing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. I, I last week in particular was great, man. We were able to be with uh, pastor Chad and really break down a bit more of his word uh, and of Cain and Abel. But uh, if you guys are new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, we are super excited to just continue this with you guys. But what you may be asking, what is Post Sunday Podcast? Well, Post Sunday Podcast, it's presented by Genesis Church Orlando uh, and just dedicated into diving into the Word of God. That's what we're literally doing is getting more deeper into Scripture. And uh, we air weekly. And so it's basically a continuation of Sunday's Word at Genesis Church Orlando. But we're bringing in some practical applications, some questions, uh, going through the mind of our pastors in what they, just the process of, of what they were going through as they were preparing the message, and just some things that maybe they missed on Sunday that they couldn't get to. So you can find us on all, all your favorite podcasting platforms, as well as Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast. And uh, just don't forget to follow us. This is all, again, rooted in our Genesis Church live Sunday services. So we're, we air 9 a.m. and 11.30 on YouTube and Facebook. You can find those at Genesis Church Orlando, um, backslash Genesis Church Orlando. So anyways, let's get right to things. Uh, today's podcast, we're focusing on Genesis chapter 6 through 8. I think maybe chapter a little nine. bit more. Yep. Yeah, all yep. the way into chapter 9. Um, and it's basically the story of Noah. It's, it's really uh, honing in on that. And uh, what I like that you brought, Pastor, was just the depth. What I love about the, this never-ending story is the depth we're going in. We're kind of slicing another layer uh, into Scripture that, 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 that is beyond what people may just see on, on the front side of it. You know, we're really looking at a different perspective of things. And so I'm loving it because when you look at the story of Noah— Right, right away, you're like, oh, I know that story. We're going to talk about an old man, animals, a lot of water, big yeah. boat, you know, and like, what else can you tell me about that? And that's kind of what you did on Sunday. Yeah, and that, that, I think that's the the challenge for people in, in the sense of, you know, they would look at it and go, well, that's your job <laughs> to find out more than I know. 
But the challenge for people is to get past that mindset that I know the story. Yeah. And, and to, you know, realize there's more in the story. That's the beauty, as we say, of the scriptures is the progressive revelation. It's that God is always showing us something new about himself. And, and really, as we, we've said, whether you're new today, listening for the first time, you're a new subscriber, you go to Genesis or you don't, this podcast is for everyone. And so, you know, the, the reality is, is taking a story like this that, you know, as we talked about, if you grew up in church, it's in the, you know, the child Bible storybooks. You know, when I grew up in church, it was Sunday school and we had these things called flannel graphs. And, you know, they would, you know, put these little pictures up on this flannel board nice. of Noah. And like you said, it's a, it's a boat, cute animals, the white bearded man, always <laughs> smiling with a rainbow. But, but you take this story and you go, there's been movies made about it. Documentaries made about it. There, there obviously are skeptics worldwide that, 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 you know, question it. What people don't realize is that, a flood account story has been told more than any other story through ancient civilizations, wow. whether it's the biblical narrative or it's other narratives of some type of flood that we that we read about through through other mythological gods and things like that. And so you have this story that a lot of people look at as just this childhood Bible story. And then when you pull back those layers, you're like, oh, wait a second. This is really all about like near extinction of life on earth. What's going on inside this story? And so as we say, like how you enter the story matters because a lot of us would open the story and go, well, what do I need to, what, do I, what am I trying to get out of this? Instead of going, hey God, what are you trying to reveal to me through this story? That's probably one of the most important first steps when you walk into God's word is is just that mindset or that rethinking moment of today I'm not opening God's words for what I want to get. I am opening God's word for what he is trying to reveal to me. Wow. Yeah. I, I think that's a huge way of thinking about it as we're going through scripture this year is for you to say, hey God, what are you trying to tell me through this scripture? And I can tell you many times in my life I've had the other way around. You know, God, uh, what can I get out of this? What are you trying, you know, what can I make out of this? But in reality, it's like, what is God trying to tell me through this? So you brought some really, aw I mean, awesome points. I, I wanted to dial in on some of the perspectives that you brought into just this 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 story. Uh, the first one was the perspective of sin. And uh, one of the things you said was until we are able to recognize sin, we will not be able to recognize our need for a savior. Yeah, you look at the, we're, we're, you know, as we're marching through the Bible, as we said, we're not going to hit every chapter, every book, yeah. but it seems like right now we're almost hitting every chapter. And that's because the story of Genesis in and of itself, the book of Genesis lays the foundation for so much of God's story. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you have two chapters of the creation account. And next thing you know, you've got uh, chapters three through, you know, 11 and really it's nothing but sin and corruption that has entered into creation. So it's two chapters of creation. It, it, it's another nine chapters that deal with the heart of man before you get to Abraham in chapter 12. And mm. now you find a man being obedient. We'll get there. But that's the reality. And I think that that's what God is trying to reveal is what sin is, but what sin does. 
Wow. And as we said, you know, you look at you look at Adam and Eve when they sinned, there was a consequence. And there's so many of us that we don't really believe there's consequences for our sin because it may not happen right away for us. So we think we can continue doing this, continue watching this, continue partaking in this, continue you know consuming this, continue doing this in this relationship, and for the moment, nothing bad has happened to me. And and that's pretty much we know as that's the lie of Satan. Yeah. I'm going to pull you into this as long as I can, because what I want is as much destruction as possible. It's that from. Russian roulette of yeah. Christianity. A hundred percent. And so that's the reality with sin in our life is that oh. we tinker with it. And it's kind of a thing of like, well, nothing bit me back yet. You know, as, as we said, kind of in Genesis three, sometimes we think we can play with the snake or grab the tail of the snake, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, oh, wait, it didn't turn around and, and spring at us. And then it does and it bites us. And now the poison's there, as Johannes said. So Adam and Eve sin against God. They get removed from the garden. There's a consequence. Mm-hmm. Cain sins against God. And now he's removed from God's presence, left to wander the earth. And now, as we said, 10 generations later, moral corruption is so bad within God's creation that he says, I'm going to remove life from earth. And, and so if you don't see that when you first open the story and it make you start to check yourself with sin in my life, how much of it am I playing with? What are the things that I continue doing that in conviction from the Holy spirit, God is trying to tell me like, Hey, this is not the path. This is not the relationship. This is not the substance. This is not the the entertainment I want you to have in your life. And we keep going that path. Mm. There will be consequences. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned 10 generations. Like God's mercy is like sometimes we, we look at this story through a general view and we just say, man, God is just not right. Like it's wrong. Yeah. You know, you get you, you take it page by page, not realizing there is there's years, there's decades uh, into some of these events that took place one from the other. And, but you look at it and you read it and you're like, God, you know, how can you do that? And, and I, I just, we, we don't realize his mercy oh. and how, how, how much he can take and, and just every day just hoping that humanity would change and would come closer to him and be more uh, repentant of their ways. And that's and why so. we looked at that in the sense of how long it took to build the ark. And then the, the beauty of the seven days, if, if you're, you know, if you're listening here today and you haven't marched the story with us, you know, it's, it's the reality that in chapter seven, he says, for in seven days, I'll send the rain. He tells Noah and you're like, man, he could have done that at any point. Mm-hmm. And he could have definitely done it in a hundred plus years that Noah was building this ark and he comes back and he says, listen, I'm, I'm still almost waiting and giving an opportunity for, for other people to, to repent and have a heart change. The danger in that is that there's so many of us that, you know, we go, Oh, he gave him seven more days. Then God's going to give me seven more days. So we keep going in our sin because we think we have more time. And then that's the reality of like, you know, when you tragically lose someone, you know, just in that instant, you know, why it hits you so differently because you're like, they were here today, gone tomorrow. And all of a sudden that scripture becomes reality and real in your life. And, and death does that because it brings a realness to the fact that at some point this is going to take place. And for those of us who believe in God and God's story, we know that there's life after death. And depending on our choices in this life, it dictates what happens in the life to come. 
you know? And so we have to have an awakening in our heart that God gives us a chance out of his mercy because he's loving and he's forgiving and he's got grace. But at the same time, he is a righteous judge who does not want to put up with sin inside of his creation. And we've got to realize that in our own lives. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, you mentioned the second perspective was uh, of obedience. Uh, you said obedience is not just how fast you respond, but about how long you are willing to stay with it. Yeah, you I, I thought that was powerful, man. Like you take your kids, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, don't do that. And you want them to respond immediately. Yeah. But what you're doing as a parent is you're trying to teach them to not do that again. You want them to catch it and stay obedient to whatever it is you just told them don't do. You know, you're hoping that they don't come back. You know, inevitably as a parent, you're going to have to say it again. But you want that immediate stoppage of whatever it is you're telling them to do. But what you're trying to do is instill in them, this is something that I don't want you to do in the future. And our obedience is that same way. God wants us to obey him now but he also wants us to stay faithful in our obedience. And yeah, like we said, you take this story and if you're listening today, wherever you're listening from, like just imagine God says, be obedient for a hundred plus years to this. You know, I'm going to work and I'm going to do this. I promise. I mean, I will be honest to go. I would struggle with that, you know, because when you don't see something coming or happening, it's so easy to feel defeated, feel like you're spinning in circles to, to begin to doubt or have confusion, to wrestle with yourself. You know, as Johanna said, it's really dangerous to have a conversation with yourself, right? That's why we need to have the conversations with God. Because when you do, you start to rationalize why you can let go, you can stop, you can mm-hmm. kind of back up, you can ease up instead of just staying faithfully obedient. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think we've all faced the situation where like, God, you're taking longer than what I want you to take, man. And you're like, you know, what's going on here? I mean, did I make the right decision? You know, did I, um, is this even the right path to go? Like, I'm not getting anything out of God in this moment. You take, I mean, like, because we're pastors, you deal with people and you're, they're like, I've been praying for a week about this, (laughs) you know, or I've been praying for a month. And while that seems long, and then, you know, you're trying to say that, hey, God's timetable is different. Like, you just got to stay faithful. It's so hard for us to, to understand that in our minds mm. because we live in a world of instant gratification. You know, you go to Starbucks, you get what you want, and you get it fast, you know. Um, and, and that's the world we live in. And that's why, you know, your cell phone, I get my internet in, you know, in a speed. And if it's not fast enough, then I change companies and I get a new company because I want it faster. And the problem is that's just feeding this instant gratification inside of us. And that instant gratification gets in the way of our obedience to mm. God mm. because God is not in the business of instant gratification. Yeah. God is in the business of transformation and transformation takes time. Yeah. Development, man. That's, that's all what God is doing within us. So that's good stuff, man. Uh, the, the another perspective you brought was a perspective of mercy. Uh, Genesis six twenty two said Noah did this. He did it all that God he did all that God commanded him. Um, talk about that because you brought some really good things about that word 
uh, in particular, all. Yeah, my grandfather, all means all, and that's all all means. You know, he used to say that, and I would be, you know, five or six listening to him on a pew in a church because he, he was a pastor, and and I don't know why. I, I think I even have that written in my kid's Bible. Like, that was, like, one of the first notes I ever took. But he would say it all the time, but obviously he was just reiterating, like, all is all. Mm. And what we learn about Noah is he did all God commanded him. And there's so many people that go, I can't do that. But instead of just leaning into that thinking, that negative thinking, what would it be like to say, God, whatever you're calling me to or asking of me, I'm going to attempt it. Mm. Like it's a different way of thinking. That's why we say we exist to rethink life the way God intended. So I'm not going to live life according to the way that I intend and think the way God intends. And, I can do all that he asks. I just have to make a conscious effort to do that. And it's not an effort to earn your salvation, but it's an effort to be obedient in God's mercy. And and you know, let's take this a step further. So some people are listening because they're like, okay, what's the next thing? Like there's this beautiful, I don't want a beautiful picture, but I think within God's mercy, as we said, God had every right to erase the corruption within his creation. He created it. Like people have to understand if he is God and you truly believe that, that he is the ultimate authority. He's the creator, capital C. He gets to call all the shots. It's his, right? And we would be like, well, I don't know about that. But then, you know, so many people like own their own company or business and then they call the shots, yeah. right? So we, we know that authority piece that we like to carry, but he doesn't. He doesn't erase all, all of life. He decides in, instead to renew creation. So the story of Noah has this like this parallel of Genesis 1 all over again. So you take in Genesis chapter 1, it says that, that God separated the waters from above from the waters below. And then out of that, he begins to create earth as we know it the mountains, the land, the trees, the plants, the birds, the animals, and all that stuff. And so it's as if he says, listen, earth is where heaven and earth are unified within my order of creation. This is why God can come walk in the garden with Adam and Eve when it's done the way he intends it to be. So he separates the waters to allow his creation to be made within the separation the story of Noah, what does it tell us? It tells us um, uh, down in, in chapter 7 that when the flood comes, that the, the ground bursts forth the waters as the rains drop down on the earth. So you have the waters above and the waters below coming back together again and really pushing out the life of creation that God had separated in Genesis chapter one. And so you see this reversal of creation almost taking place so that he can, in essence, metaphorically, let's just say, uh, wash it and cleanse it of its corruption so that he can separate it again as the waters recede and that new creation can begin again. Like this is the depth of the story. When you see the importance of Genesis chapter one and two of God who creates all things starting to play out in other stories like Noah. Wow. Wow. That's some revelation right there, man. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going, I witnessed all that. That's okay. That's what this podcast is here for. That's fantastic. You know, I would say this, let's go back to the mercy piece for one second because there are so many skeptics and I would say Noah, the story of Noah is like the story of Jonah. That's probably 
two of the hardest stories to wrap your head around in the Bible. How does God flood a whole earth and only allow a, a certain amount of people to live and then the earth starts all over again? How does God put a man in the belly of a whale? You know, all that kind of stuff. At the same time, that makes them question if God really loves us, forgiveness, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. What's he up to that he would do these types of things? But I love what we did yesterday in the sense of the book of Ezekiel where God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. It is, it is, you know, it is in essence, uh, Deuteronomy, I set before you death and life, choose life. God gives us this freedom to choose. And so he says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I only wish you turned from your wicked ways and come back to life. We keep choosing death and destruction. And it's the same in Second Peter when the, when the mockers and laughers come. It's just like in Noah, where's your God? hundred years, you're building a dumb boat. No rain has come. Ha, 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 ha. But Noah hears the voice of God and he obeys all of it. Peter comes back and tells the mockers, like, listen, you can laugh all you want at me. I have been with the Messiah and I know he's coming back not on your timetable. And the only reason he hasn't shown up yet is he's patient with you. The ones laughing and mocking, wishing that you would repent so you wouldn't perish. Like this is the mercy of God through the story of God. And so we harp on like all of the judgment or whatever that we don't like the consequences of sin. And then we point a finger at God as to why would you do these horrific things instead of check our hearts? Why would we choose sin and destruction against our creator? Yeah. Uh, that's the truth, man. I uh, I love what you said uh, with repentance. You said, you know, it, it's to turn around from the way I am currently going, and 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 you brought you you brought a point that that Noah could not close the door of the ark. Only God could do that uh, because He has the power to save. Yeah, yeah. That, that I think there, there's little pieces you read past really fast. Mm, yeah. Noah goes in the ark and Lord shut him in. Boom, boom, boom. And the rains came 40 days, 40 nights. Hold up. And now, hold on. Just, <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes it's that take a moment. Yeah. Reread mm. sometimes or, or pause or, or take your time and, and ask the Holy spirit, show me things. My eyes wouldn't see right now. Oh. Give me your eyes. And the beauty of the fact that the story doesn't tell us. So if you, if you, know or would read any of the other creation accounts, I'm sorry, uh, flood accounts in the ancient civilizations within their stories, their, their concepts of a flood, whoever built the boat also closed the boat. Mm. It's only in the story of God that we find that the one who built the boat doesn't get to close the boat. Wow. God closes them in. And I think that's that piece of, us knowing that God said, listen, you obediently do what I ask for the length I've asked. And when I do what I promise to do, I'm going to close you in and I'm going to keep you safe. Yeah. And and so we'll talk about this in a few weeks, but um, the same word for ark, okay, is actually the same word for the basket that Moses has put in when he's put in the Nile River. Mm-hmm. And so there's this correlation of like God's mercy and safety in, 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 in the boat that he wants to place you in type Mm. of a deal. Oof. That's good stuff, man. I'm excited. Um, Lastly, you mentioned uh, the perspective of promise. And one of the things you said is do what God requires and experience what God promises. 
Um, Genesis 9, 12 through 15, when I, it says, when I bring clouds over the earth and uh, the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. That's yeah. a promise that God has given us. And the cool part, if you really pay attention to, to the language of this Bible, verse 15 says, God says, when I put the cloud in the, uh, the, the rainbow and the clouds, verse 15 says, I will remember. He doesn't say you remember. So for us, it's a visible sign and covenant that God has put a rainbow in the sky to promise us something. But God says, I will remember. Mm. So it's like all of a sudden, even when he looks upon the corruption of the world, like let's just talk about our world right now. Mm. Our world is full of wickedness and corruption and selfishness and greed and hatred and, and violence. And like sin is rampant in our culture sexually, like just all these things, and the, the, what's the world trying to sell you on? Allow it, accept it, affirm it. Yeah. Hey, these violent people, you know, know that you know you've 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 just riled them up, and so they should be able to go into stores and loot and, and knock out glass, and they're just retaliating because they've been done wrong. Like this is like the world's message, mm. and 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 so it's like God says, listen. For the rest of the time until I return, when I put that bow in the clouds, I will look through that rainbow and I will remember my promise that as corrupt as it's gotten, I'm not going to flood the earth any longer. And so it's a, it's a powerful picture of God saying, I put something in place so that I will remember the covenant, wow. not just you. Wow. Because, I mean, you could ask all types of questions about that, but like, Obviously, he'd want to respond and he'd want to maybe do it again because it's gotten so bad. But he says, nope. It's almost as if it it, it reminds me, nope, I keep my promises. That, that's pretty cool. And there's some other things within the, the Genesis 9. If, if you know, I encourage people to read uh, that, that, that ending part of Noah's story is, you know, when they first come upon the land, what God tells Noah and his family. So this is that those extra pieces that we don't get to get into on Sunday. You know, in verse one, Noah, he, God blessed Noah and his sons. And then he says to them, listen to what he says to them. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Where did we hear that from? Genesis, Genesis one. one yeah. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. So this is all Genesis one, Genesis two. This is God regenerating, renewing creation, right? And then he says in verse five, and for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning from every beast. I'll require it. And from man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning from the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed. Why would he, why would that be a new part of his commandment? Genesis 4, Cain kills Abel. So now God says, listen, I'm recreating things, and I want to tell you how important life is, and the blood is a representation of the life inside of a wow. being. And then he ends that by saying, the reason that I say whoever sheds the blood of man, verse 6, for God made man in his own image. Back to Genesis 1 again. So you're seeing this God washing and cleansing the corruption of his creation in the flood mm. to renew it and restart it, to give it a new chance. And then within the story, you find like it just continues to snowball again because man's heart is always bent towards mm. his own desire and his own way. 
and it basically replicates itself into what Jesus came for in his mission. Yeah. And I think that's the final piece like that. We talked about it yesterday. You have the covenant of God with, with Noah, and then you have the promise of Jesus. And, and I love that piece because, you know, for those listening or whatever, sometimes they wonder like, what, what's your theology on everything? And what's your, what's your belief in everything? And, um, Matthew 24, or, you know, is, is Jesus talking about, uh, the desolation. This is, you know, him telling his disciples about really the end of times. And we have a culture that just YouTubes everything and tries to figure out and calculate and, 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 and add numbers and, and, and prophecy, you know, uh, uh, conferences because everybody's just bent on this idea of when's the end of times coming. And it's, a little comical because it's always been happening. The disciples were like, when's it coming to yeah. an end, right? Yeah. So it's inside of the human heart to do that, but it's also inside the human heart to lean into uh, things that I don't know, I don't think the biblical accounts align with, you know? And so when you open up the story of God and, and you look at what Jesus said in Matthew 24, like, Who's, who else's words do you want to, to lean into the most, right? The words of our Savior and Messiah. So when, if he's going to talk about what the end of times look like, then maybe we should listen to what Jesus, the Son of God, had to say about yeah. it. You know, first and foremost, he says, no one knows the day nor the hour, not even the angels nor the Son of Man, only God. So, like, you can spend your whole life trying to codify everything and, and find some theory or conspiracy theory or your perfect prophetic conference or whatever doesn't matter. God's on his time. He always has been on his time because he's outside of it. It's not within our realm as we know it. But Jesus comes and he says, hey, if you want to know what the end of times is going to look like, let's go back to the days of Noah. Like that's the cool part of, about it. And pay attention to what he says. He says, as in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of of man, the, the, the son of God. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. So he said, once again, they had all this time to respond to what God was doing. They chose their own path. And then God tells Noah, okay, get in the ark. My justice is coming. My righteous judgment is, is coming. And they were unaware until the flood came. So it's that thing of like, you can say like, oh, everybody was. No one saw the rain coming until mm -hmm. it showed up. But it also is a spiritual awareness. There's, you know, it, blindness, you could say, to what God is telling and proclaiming versus what people want to see and hear truly. And then it says the flood came and swept them away. Who did he sweep away? All the wicked people who rejected him until Noah went in the ark. Yeah. Who was left on earth? Noah and his family, right? The righteous, blameless one who walked with God. It says, so will be the coming of man. Now, the next passages below that are like some of the most famous in all end time storytelling and movie making and all that. You know, it says, you know, one will be walking and one will, you know, disappear. What, what, all, all this stuff. And so you get, you know, these left behind movies and you get, you know, the, these, these songs I grew up with, you know, Tim Man walking up the hill, blah, blah, and, and all of a sudden what we've done is, well, God takes the righteous, blameless ones who walk with God away and leaves all the wicked people. 
That's not what happened in the story of Noah. God didn't take Noah away and leave all the, the corruption and wickedness on earth. God swept away the corruption and wickedness and left the righteous and blameless. Mm. We have to really look at that when we're looking at our theology of how we see God's story and what God's story is telling us and ask ourselves where we're building that thinking and theology versus what God's word is actually showing us. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. See, you probably t- would have took another 20, 25 minutes breaking that down. I could have took hours. <laughs> like I said, Sunday. you guys, it's anniversary Sunday. I get four <laughs> chapters of a story to crunch into about 25, 30 minutes because of everything going on. And yeah. so, like, this is stuff, you know, you start even talking about in times, people got so many more questions. Oh, man, well, what yeah. about, you know, in Thessalonians when Paul says this and, and you know, in Revelation it says this. And, and, and the scope of God's story is how you need to see things playing out. And in God's story, Genesis 2, he comes down to be with Adam and Eve. Gen- uh, in, in Exodus, he comes down on Mount Sinai. Um, he comes down in the temple. He comes down in the tabernacle. He comes down as the son of God himself to earth. He he then comes down as the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. And Revelation ends with, um, I saw heaven coming, heaven coming down to earth. And so we have this, this, this thinking that we're going to go away somewhere while everything else just keeps going on down here. And God's story keeps showing us he wants to come down to be with creation amongst his people that are seeking to walk righteous and blameless and and and, and walking with God. And there's a, there's a passage in 1 Peter that, or, um, I, I, right now I can't remember what Peter it is, uh, but it says this, it says that you ought to live such a holy life that you speak the coming of our savior so there's like these people who go hey the the more the world gets corrupt the more god's going to return true jesus talked about birthing pains like a mother the, the faster those contractions get and we see this evil and corruption he says wake up and look up right yeah but peter also talks about the fact that if we're living blameless righteous we're walking with god these types of lives that we could speed it up because God longs to be with us. Mm. That that's a beautiful thing when you think about what is it that makes me really want to walk this path. I could play a part in God saying, "Man, I'm coming to be with them. Mm. I'm ready." Yeah, that's good, man. Um, any other nuggets? Any other uh, points you kind of wanted to come across with this, with this? No, I mean, I think that that's you know that's. That's that piece, like you said, what God, do what God requires and you experience what God promises. And there are a lot of people that if they were to be really honest, they're not doing what God is requiring of them, but they're trying to find out why they're not receiving what God promises them. Mm. And it's not a trade-off in the sense of uh, like you think, well, okay, then today I'll wake up and I'll obey him because I want to get that promise. Mm you receive the promises as you walk in that obedience. Yeah. And, you know, the, the story of Noah really makes you say, who am I, right? Am I the one that God would say, hey, I see you and I choose you to build the ark? Mm-hmm. Or am I the people outside of it that God's saying, man, they're living such a life. It grieves me and saddens me. Wow. 
Like that's, that's when you open the story. That's what makes it living and active. Makes you wake up today and go, which path do I want to choose? Do I want to walk with the world or do I want to be one like Noah? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Well, guys, um, that is, um, you know, the depth of what we are discussing here in Genesis chapter, um, chapter six through nine, uh, with the story of Noah. So hope you guys have been blessed with this. We, we definitely, it's been a treat, man, to really dive a deeper, um, even on Sunday, Sundays is just a whole nother layer of word. And when we get here on post Sunday podcast, we just really get to chop it up a bit more, um, just digest it a bit more, but also to in- intake another layer of that, which is really, really good. And I hope it's feeding your soul. I hope it's encouraging you and um, really blessing your life. But um, once again, we appreciate you guys just tuning in and being with us. Uh, you can find us on Spotify at Post Sunday Podcast, but also to check us out on Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast. And once again, you can find all these resources at GenesisChurchOrlando.com backslash the never ending story we got tons of additional resources to follow through with us uh you can check the sermon out uh re re air it um uh, on demand and uh all of that so we hope that this has become a blessing for you i uh, hope you tune in next week as we continue on this never ending story year-long series so we're thankful to have you guys in here and we'll check you guys out grace and peace Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.